Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast, The Thrillist. I am Anisha Sharma, your host for this episode. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about crime documentaries. There, yes, yes, you heard it right. We're going to talk about crime documentaries. So moving on, starting with the very first episode of The Thrillist. Now, true crime documentaries of true crime stories have exploded in popularity in recent years, covering practically every media. You can't open a web browser without coming across a video or a podcast or a long-form essay or, or just any piece of information that reveals a brutally terrible crime or a horribly tragical judi- judicial process. The American Murder is one of the most renowned crime documentaries on helping to consolidate the genre's comeback. But there are more to satisfy your thirst. So in this up in these upcoming episodes, I won't just give you some information about how the crime happened or what actually happened, but would also suggest you to watch some of these thrilling documents. In many ways, the 2018 murders of suburban Colorado housewife Shannon Watts, her two small daughters, Belle and Celeste, and her unborn son, Nico, seems too much like a standard true crime trope to have become the national media sensation, let alone the subject of Netflix's gripping new documentary, American Murder, The Family Next Door. After all, there's a very little mystery about who did the crime, why they did it, or what exactly happened. The case was solved in just a few days, and the murderer is exactly who any seasoned true crime fanatic would expect. Shannon's husband, Chris Watts, at that time, respectively. Using police footage and real content from Shannon's Facebook page, American Murder recounts the events leading up to Chris' horrific crime, his attempt to cover up the murder, and his But the elements that make the Watts case so unique and mesmerizing that even if you're already familiar with the case, And trust me, between the mountain of video footage, the massive 2,000-page case file, and the huge amount of media coverage, it's possible to be extremely familiar with Watt's case, especially if you're a true crime junkie like me. But despite knowing every beat where the film was going, you can still find it a little surprising by the way they're retelling the story. It is sadly unsurprising. Unsurprisingness is a hallmark of a good crime documentary. It's all the more notable because of the story, how careful the editing has been done. The American murder consists solely on archival footages. There's no narration, no interviews, no voiceovers. Instead, a family's tragedy unfolds through glimpses of people, secrets and dashed hopes all caught in camera and captured through text in DMs. And the full story behind this tragedy is a, a tale as old as time, updated with a modern twist. On the, mon- on the morning of August 13, Shannon had uncharacteristically missed dozens of calls and texts. After a friend contacted the police and Chris returned home from work, a search for their Colorado home found Shannon and the two young girls missing. Two days later, as media coverage of the disappear, disappearance balloon, Chris, Chris' secret girlfriend, Nicole Kessinger, realized that he had lied to her. He was actually not in the process of a divorce like he had told her when they met. 
They had been only seeing each other for a few weeks, but her growing concern led Kessinger to go to the police with the information she had. Having learned about the affair, the police questioned Watts again. But after he denied the affair, they asked if he would agree to do a polygraph test. Watts consented to take the polygraph, but lied when asked whether he knew what happened with his wife and the children. To which he failed the polygraph test test and hours later, Watts confessed to the murders, which is all shown in the Netflix talk. In fact, strangled his pregnant wife, who was 34 years old at that time, in bed early in the morning of August 13th, after a tense conversation about them separating. After an unsuccessful attempt to smother his two small daughters at home, the documentary tells us how he brought them along alive in the car their mother's dead body, while he drove to the oil storage factory he worked at. After he buried Shannon in a shallow grave, he smothered and shoved the bodies of Belle and Celeste through a small opening in a huge oil tank. In November of 2018, Watts was sentenced to five consecutive life sentences without the possibility of payroll. He was also sentenced to 48 years of unlawful termination of pregnancy and 36 for three charges of tampering with the deceased body, both of which run consecutively with his life sentences. His guilty plea spared him the death penalty. Now, what makes the Watts case so mesmerizing and heartbreaking at the same time is that Shannon, even as she's in the middle of a story, doesn't know that the story doesn't know the fact that she's in a story. How can she, even as she's panicking to her friends that Chris no longer loves her, she's still making plans on social media for the baby's gender reveal party. She's recording videos about how much she loves her husband and her family. Now, her marriage may be rocky, but according to me, in Shannon's mind, her story is clearly still that of a loving family, which is stronger together. Now, like every other social media account, the life that Shannon portrays on her social media is clearly not the one she believed in, nor it was the one she actually lived in. The irony of these competing narratives combined with their ultimate horrifying inclusion practically guaranteed that the Watts case made national headlines and tabloid covers for months. Unlike many cases, where facts are in short supply, the Watts case produced a deluge of information. Both before the murder, thanks to the Shannon's detailed video logs of the day-to-day lives, and during the investigation, it helped produce hundreds of witness and statements in, a, in media reports. Now, the American murder, the American murder centered itself around Shannon as a fully and true crime documentary has ever centered itself on a victim. It's possible to come away from it feeling that Shannon was anything but a strong woman, trying to navigate through her marriage with a husband who lied to her, cheated on her, guilt-tripped her, ignored her, and ultimately tried to blame her for her own murder. Once Shannon and the children are dead, Chris is immediately out of his depths and Flundering with no clue how to cover his tracks. If anything, 
you're left with the impression that without Shannon's controlling nature and steering and guiding her family, Chris' narcissistic personality traits probably, probably would have surfaced even earlier. Crucially, this documentary doesn't concern itself with digging deeper into Chris Watts' persona, with, my, with mythologizing him or probing for underlying motives in his behavior, nor does it waste its time. Now, for example, on showing you any of the legion of a fan letter that he received in the prison, some of which are included publicly in the released case files. Instead, the American murder does the complete opposite, breaking the number of recent crime documentaries that have been fascinated with their killers. This frames Chris as neither compelling nor intriguing in the slightest. In, instead, he is entirely mundane. The Watts case may have been one of the most well-publicized crime documentaries of the last decade. But the documentary never loses its sight of the fact that once you take away the social media element, the hype and the tabloid speculation, there's nothing special about this case. This is a typical American family with all-too-typical emotional abuse, ending in all-too-typical domestic violence. This documentary subtitled The Family Next Door plays into the true crime cliché The documentary subtitled The Family Next Door plays into the true crime cliché that it could happen anywhere, even here. 